0: This
1: is Josh Lipton,
0: and this is Michael Lipton,
1: and you're listening to Just Talkin'.
0: Just Talkin'. Uh,
1: so Mike, how was your week?
0: My week's been pretty good, uh, yeah. Um haven't uh, not much to, to say about it, just been been at home, you know, doing what I do. <laughs> and what is it that you do? <laughs> All sorts of things, reading, watching movies, listening to music. Uh, Occasionally uh, spending some time with friends, Um, you know, listening to my uh, Spotify Weekly Suggestion playlist, Um, making some pasta, grilling up some veggies.
1: Ah, but Michael, so for those who don't know, Michael makes a different kind of pasta, was it every Friday? Every Sunday. Sunday, sorry. So he hand-makes pasta every Sunday. I don't know, why'd you choose Sunday?
0: Um... We just felt that it was right. Rachel and I, we just said pass to Sundays seems like a, a good idea. And past making takes time. So, something if I did it during right na- now, it doesn't make a difference. But if I was working, I wouldn't be able to do it on Mondays to Fridays in time. You know, in between, you know, you got to make the past by hand, then you got to let it sit for a while before you, you turn it into to noodles. So, Sunday gives us time.
1: Fair. Because I was thinking like, You know, stir Friday, taco Tuesday. Like, there's literally, like, an alliteration or a pun. I was like, pasta Sunday, pasta Sunday. I don't know. So I was, like, thinking, is there a better day that you could do it just for the week? But I guess it makes sense if it takes time, yeah.
0: Yeah, there are no days that begin with peas, so we just... No, I know, but I'm thinking, could you do, like,
1: tagliatelle Tuesdays or something? (laughs) I don't know.
0: Then I'm tied to tagliatelle. What if I want to make lasagna? Lazy lasagna Sundays. I mean, I guess lasagna lundi which is monday for, for in in french there you I, go i guess i would have to match it find a language that the day and that pasta match up and get the right alliteration that just seems like more work
1: yeah or you could do like the pasta week has been pretty good because it's sunday i know that was pretty bad but i'm just trying to think how you can how you can jazz up the name of your pasta I'm day.
0: I'm, I'm done with this <laughs> okay, <laughs>
1: okay. And... Um, so I know you mentioned your Spotify playlist, so what do you think? It, was, a, week it was better.
0: It was better this week. Um, there's a couple albums that, that I will listen to. Um, Headspace by, by Levitation Room, I've listened to, I enjoyed that. And, um, Slide by George Clanton, I listened to that, I enjoyed. And Novels, self-titled album, I listened to and I enjoyed that. Um, I was enjoying it more until I realized, oh wait a second, I know exactly why I'm enjoying this. This album is... Very, like, such an exact ripoff of, of an album that I really like, uh, Entertainment by Gang of Four. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think feel like more people should, you know, take a lot of cues from Gang of Four. It's a good band. But um, this was just so close. Even, like, the way that the guy was singing, the, the way the guitar sounded, the way the drum sounded, everything was... I feel like when they were got into the studio, they told the producer, listen to that album. We want that sound. We want that. And they just sort of took the entire sound from that. Which, there's there's definitely worse albums to steal your sound from. But, um, I don't know. I don't know so if I'll you, revisit you know, that one as much. Do you know Greta Van uh, Fleet? Yeah, where it's just a, a Led Zeppelin ripoff.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, part of me is like, oh, you know, do something so. But then I'm like, I also like Led Zeppelin. So, like, I'm kind of down for, like, more of that sound, you know? And And not just that, like, Rock has, like, is there anyone who's been like that for the last... Forty years, fifty years.
0: Anyone who's been like doing that that same
1: kind of sound.
0: No one's been exactly in that vein, but there have been people who have been taking individual. I guess Wolf
1: wolf Mm -hmm. mothers kinda I'm just trying to think like who else is like the most similar to like if you're a Led
0: Zeppelin fan like you know those if you like this, you'd like. like, Yeah, I I don't know, but at the same time Led Zeppelin's got a lot of material. They have a, a quite a number of really good albums. They yeah. had a well, ridiculous. And they got rock. some
1: bl- they got some bluesy stuff, they got some hard rock, they got some uh, some folksy like stuff too if you
0: listen to um yeah. Led Zeppelin 3 has actually got some folksy stuff on it. Um uh, it's, it's it's the album that I least like out of their early discography, but it's still a good album. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so wait, how many songs did you actually... So the first week, I'm pretty sure you said you liked two of the songs in total, two out of what was it, 25, No, no, there was
0: like six that I liked, and a couple that I went to the albums for, and none of them stuck around. This one, there were more songs, probably around half of them I liked, but in between the fact, like, there are some where it's like, oh, this is the only song this person's ever released, there's no album to go to, or there, there were, like, maybe two other singles... So a lot of it, there wasn't like okay, there's there's more to explore with this artist. So there were like four or five to explore, and three I liked. One I, one I w- I thought I was going to like, and then when I actually listened to the album, I'm like no, not really. Um, uh, and the the reason why I thought I would like them is because I knew the artist's name from. Remember how we were talking about a, a small record label called Warp Records. That does a lot of really nice electronic music. This was another guy from that record label, so I figured, oh, I'll I'll like this. I like I've no, it just didn't work out. I liked the one song from the album, and that was it. Uh, I don't really feel like diving deeper into that, and yeah, and then there's like one which I haven't listened to yet uh, for the albums, so maybe I'll like that one as well. But it's better. Okay, true,
1: and um, I like you. Like remember that. uh uh, that record label like i was just like no but go on
0: uh we were were talking about uh, i don't remember you don't you don't have to
1: tell me it's like listen it's not aaron does this all the time where she says hey remember this i go nope but like just go on like like does does the story hinge on me having to remember that no i get the gist of it you know what i mean yeah (laughs) um
0: we were talking about it's it's the One O Tricks Point Never. That's when we were talking uh, about this record okay, label. there you go. I remember it's that, that it's name. the same record could, label as that guy.
1: I could never forget that guy's name now, and by never forget I mean I'll probably forget exactly what it is,
0: but I'll never. But forget. you'll remember that you hate it.
1: Yeah, I'll be like the what Yeah, I I even was mentioning in the car the other day. I'm just like, what a dumb name. But it's like once you hear it, maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe it's so dumb it's good. Like I used to think, like at. I, I, Again, my background's in marketing, and people used to say, oh, I love this commercial. It was so funny. I said, "Who is it for? And it was either for Crest or it was for um, like uh, Colgate. Colgate. I'm like, well, if you don't remember, it wasn't a very good ad. He's like, no, it was a great ad. I loved it. I know, but I'm like – It failed yes, at but its the, job. Yes, its job is to get you to remember and buy more. Um, and so like, there are actually ads that like annoy you, and they really piss you off, but they're good ads because they stick with you. And as long as you still buy, it doesn't really matter if you like the ad or you think it's stupid. Like the goal of the ad is not to entertain you. That's a that's a byproduct. If it entertains you, the goal is that oh, hopefully it entertains them, meaning that it'll go viral. Pe- more people watch and share it, and then they'll buy more. But if people watch it and then nothing happens, it's a bad ad. It's like there's this weird disconnect between like the marketing people who give these awards out for like um, you know most creative ad yada, yada, yada. And they're all patting themselves on the back and giving themselves awards. And then when you actually do, and this is the beautiful thing about digital marketing, there are still some great creative ads, but a lot of great ads, it turns out are just really simple, like 20% off and you target the right people at the right time. And it's like, that's it. <laughs> like you don't have to get complicated. You target the right people at the right time with simple, simple call to action. And it's, and that works way more effectively than, um, these, some of these complicated ones, no, not every time. Sometimes things like old spice, they need to be rebranded from, you know, people thought of them as their grandfather's deodorant. So they need to be rebranded. I still think that's one of the best ad campaigns of the last, I don't know, 20 years that I've seen, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, maybe that name is so bad. It's good. <laughs> Who knows?
0: All right. Uh, do you have, um, well, what, uh, I listened
1: to, to your LP one.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I don't know. I'm like
1: meh. Like I didn't. I I doubt I'll ever listen to it again. Maybe one song, but it wasn't bad. It's just not my style. And I also was like nothing. It's different. It's different. It's something I never would have listened to if it wasn't for this, right? Which is, I guess, kind of the point. Like I think it's okay to listen to that, things.
0: That's why. That's why. How I'm choosing the records. I'm not choosing records. Will Josh like this? It's will Josh have ever heard this or will he ever hear this otherwise?
1: Well, I'm hoping that it's a little bit of a both where it's like, oh, here's something he never would have listened to, but I think he'd like, not just like, hey, listen to this one that's nails on a chalkboard. I don't think you ever would have listened to it. You know what I mean? Like if you know, I'm going to hate it.
0: <laughs> I, when I was making a list of potential albums, there were there were albums where I'm like, that one's really interesting, but he'll, he'll, he won't even get through it. So I took those ones off. Like, I, I'm not going, to, not going to choose, like, Public Image Limited or, or Throbbing Gristle as, like, an album for, or, like, Honestly, a, a you could just start making up
1: names. Sometimes I actually feel like you are. Like, when you Throbbing one Gristle. One of those two is on. real. Yeah, Which exactly. one was it? <laughs> exactly. It reminds me of, like, uh, on John Oliver's show, he used to do this thing. Where that's was, not like,
0: actually Cambodia. That's Cambodia.
1: Cambodia. Or is it? The point is, you don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. It's, like... it's so, you don't know, you don't know. Uh, But, listen, I thought it was different, it was interesting. Uh, There was, like, one or two songs I thought were, like, okay. Uh, But I guess they were, like, not good, not just okay, they were good, and I listened to them multiple times. But they weren't good enough that I add them to, like, I have a, my, like, my liked songs. And so, whenever I'm on Discovery Weekly or anything, I, I will, or just listening to new music, if I like it, a lot, then I'll add it, if I think I'll actually, like, listen to it on the regular, but otherwise, I kind of undo it, and even the ones that I add to my like, sometimes I'm listening to it, and there's probably, like, 500 songs on the liked list now, and every once in a while, I'll hear a song, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I remember I liked this song, like, two years ago when it popped out my discovery, and it's only mediocre, and I'll unlike it, so I'm constantly trying to, like, winnow it down, and, and nothing here made that list, but I, I thought it was good, and it was interesting, I'm happy I listened to it, for sure, um completely not completely off topic but on the topic of music do you know a band called of montreal
0: i've heard of the band i've never heard the band okay
1: fair because lately i so my weekly discover last week was pretty shit for me um but this week's was good and it's there's a song by this band of montreal and i'm really liking it and i'm obsessed with it but the funny part is I then, we were cooking, Aaron and I, and I was like, Aaron, let's hear your weekly discover, because I hated my weekly discover this week. That was This is last week we were cooking. And so Nana and Poppy, this, I'm going to go on a slight tangent, but it's going to come back. So we are on a Spotify family plan, right? So you have Spotify, I have Spotify, Rachel has Spotify, Aaron has Spotify, my, uh, our, uh, Mitch has Spotify, right? Yes. Okay, so Nana and Puppy asked if we could set up the Spotify on their uh, Alexa for them. And I did, and I logged them in for it. And I believe it's shared Oh, Alexa just (laughs) said, sorry, I didn't get that in the background in case you didn't hear. Um, I I logged it in. And now anytime we're playing music here, once in a while, normally around like six o'clock, it'll just switch to classical music. And it took us a while to figure it out. And then I figured out that it's Nana and Poppy are playing music at their place, right?
0: Yeah, and it's switching over because you're both on the same thing. You've got they, them on your account rather than as a separate account on exactly. The but I
1: think it's technically on Aaron's account because Aaron's account is the one hooked up to the Alexa. Um, but the funny part is, so then we'll play like some rap music and see if see if it plays there. But Aaron's my she's never done weekly discover either, and I was loving her weekly discover, but we were like. I don't think this is your weekly discovery. I think this is mainly based on Nana and Puppies music. It was kind of a mix of like Aaron's, which is like indie. And then a mix of Nana and Puppies, which is like classical. So it was all these like kind of jazzy, um, kind of modern-y jazz tunes. And I was actually loving it. Or And also like classic, I'll call them like classic uh, songs that maybe you'd hear at a wedding or something. Uh, you no, know, you make me wanna shout. Like just like, I was like, this is the most fun Weekly Discover ever, I loved it, I literally was like, I loved 20 of the songs or something, it was like awesome, but like, I'd heard most of them, um, or maybe they were the originals, and I'd heard a cover version, um, yeah, it was it was really good, and really fun, but um, yeah, I don't know, so uh, every, you know what, that's the thing I think about Weekly Discover is some weeks you hate it, some weeks you like it, but it's, you always kind of, you know, figure out something new that you liked, or that you didn't know you liked yeah. Um,
0: so, what do you recommend for me this week? Um, well, I feel like the last two I've done much more modern production styles, a lot more electronic. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it to something more uh, rock based. I'm gonna I'm okay. gonna give you. Um, I I had a couple, but yeah, you know, I'm gonna stick with this one. This one I think is a is a good album. Yeah, I'll do um, unknown pleasures by uh, Joy Division, 1979 really really good album one of my all-time favorites um i don't know how it's it's kind of a, a kind of goth rock but it's really 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 good excellent songwriting the production is incredible um I, i'm interested to hear your opinion i i i i'm also gonna say i know this doesn't really affect the quality of the music on an album but it affects my perception of albums fantastic album cover uh so i always something that is a huge plus for me. Good album cover. Yeah.
1: Well, to plus me there. it's it can it can enhance. Like if you have a like Dark Side of the Moon, like I lo- like Classic. the album cover's iconic, but if the music was shit, it wouldn't be. You know what I mean? It can enhance an album, but it can't make an album if that makes any sense.
0: No, but I uh, I also feel like so so if I'm listening to Spotify weekly discovery I can I can see the list of uh, the songs that are coming up, and it shows the album artwork. And there's some stuff where I'm automatically less interested in because I look at the artwork, I'm like, this person put no effort into that. I'm, I'm less interested to hear what, what this person is okay. doing if they're not going to put that effort in.
1: Perfect example of that, and I think we discussed this already in person but not on the pod, I'm listening to this podcast. I think maybe you said you did too, the Michael Lewis one. Against no, the no, Rules? I haven't, I
0: haven't listened to it. I don't okay. remember. So Michael
1: Lewis, it. who I love as an author, I've read most of his books, has a podcast on Malcolm Gladwell's Podcast Network. And the podcast is called Against the Rules. And it is a great podcast. It's about how we are discounting the referee, quote unquote, in modern life. So that means it's not truly referees. It means judges. It means, um, you know, in the world of consumer finance, why is there no one to say what's what's fair? It's like how we don't, We don't actually want judges, and when they are, when we do have judges, why are they not actually ruling well? So he uses different um, sports, and he uses court cases, and he uses consumer finance, all these as examples and the art world to to showcase how the trustworthiness of judges has gone down a bit. Great podcast, the worst album cover of all time. (laughs) What is it? It is just a green background. And it says against the rules, Michael Lewis, in Comic Sans. <laughs>
0: like, Comic Sans, wow. It's
1: it's terrible. I'm gonna, I'm I'm sure I will add it to when I post on Facebook. I will, but I'm gonna try and send it to you, or you can just Google it right now if you want. Against the rules, Michael Lewis, and it's like what the hell? Like pay someone five bucks for an ad. Like you can go on Fiverr wow, and get a better. Wow, that's really
0: bad. It's, it's uh, so yeah. bad.
1: It is the oh. worst thing ever. I'm like how and the again I think Michael Lewis is brilliant. I love the podcast. I love his writing.
0: That's really funny. why.
1: Why it's so bad? It literally like makes me not want to listen, but it's really good. So um, that's really embarrassingly bad.
0: I'm not. I know,
1: but but back to Joy Division for a second. So we asked you and Rach if you want to do trivia last night. You weren't available, but we do a lot of trivia. Aaron and I do trivia. We do it on Tuesday nights sometimes, on Wednesday nights. We have a different trivia. We even did some on Thursday nights, all with different uh, organizations. As well, for those who don't know, I actually proposed with trivia. I created the trivia questions myself and hosted it with something like 60 people and proposed. Again, we love trivia, especially since quarantine. Uh, But I'm really pissed because we were doing a trivia two weeks ago on Wednesday. And one of the questions was, um, the lead singer of this band died and then they formed a new band called new order and i was like oh my god joy division i, I know it's joy division but i couldn't remember the name i was like oh my god it's that band michael likes oh it's prog
0: rock oh it's it's uh, not prog, prog. It's, it's post-punk
1: but whatever it is i was like i knew the band i knew the band in my head i was like what's it called what's it called? and then when he announced the ends is joy division
0: i was way too mad i was like very mad like this is I why was, you need to listen to this album to improve your 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 trivia knowledge well, now I'll you'll, never you'll, forget you'll, it. You'll know it. You'll, you'll not forget it now. I, no, I,
1: I, I already won't forget it because of the trivia. Like, literally, this is how I learned things, I realized. In the last 10 years – no, not 10 years. In the last little bit, I only re- learn things two ways. reading or I le- read a lot of articles, so I do re- learn things that – or trivia. And the articles, I might learn some interesting uh, – oh, did you know Like what an R-naught is – Uh, Like, and how they measure viral diseases, blah, blah, blah. And then I learned the most trivial things from trivia, but I'm like, I'll never forget how many, you know, cues there are on a Scrabble board or some stupid shit like that, just because, like, I got one question wrong on trivia, and it haunts me. Like, that's just my personality. I cannot, I cannot forget that shit.
0: Isn't there just one cue?
1: Yeah, Oh, like, last night there was a question, what do you get, how many bonus points do you get for a bingo in Scrabble?
0: For a bingo?
1: A bingo's when you use it's when you use up all your letters.
0: Oh, I didn't know there was a bonus for that. What? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, that's. I feel like I. Hmm. I play Scrabble with Rachel every now and then. Um. Have you ever used up all your letters, though? I feel like I did it once. Yeah. I I sometimes have these. I'm I I the two things that really annoy Rachel when we're playing Scrabble is either I just use a single letter. And that's all that's needed for me to get like a huge number of points, which ha- which happened very recently actually. Um. Uh, I the the word, sex was on there, and I had a Y, and the Y was on like a double or a so did double sexy? for the word or something like that. So just by adding the Y to it, I got all the points for the X and the Y, and like the double or the triple, and it just one letter got me nice. all those points. Okay. Or when I have like a word. That's just, she She doesn't even see how long, like, because I'm placing the tiles one at a time, so she thinks I'm going to stop, but, like, the tiles just keep going out there, and then she's very upset with me. Okay, so, like, I do not like Scrabble because I'm
1: not a good speller. I Like,
0: you know, oh, numismatist,
1: and I put it down, and they're like, that's not how he spelled it I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, you know? There's no <laughs> but, way that you'd be able to
0: do that. There's, I know. Like, you'd have to I link know. three words I'm, in order I'm to kidding, do that. I'm kidding, but...
1: I still remember, we have a friend who, she actually doesn't do this as much, but when we first started playing, we used to play a lot of board games with them, and she always cheated. Like, we were sure of it. And she doesn't do it as much anymore, but it would just be like, uh, you know, Monopoly, she'd always be the banker. And somehow I'd always be like, how did you get an extra thousand? Like, she, we just knew she cheated all the time. And one time we're playing Scrabble, and she goes to the bathroom. She's like, I go to the bathroom. She's in there for like 30 seconds, maybe. She comes out, and then she plays the word zisti. Z-Y-X-T-I Or something like that I'm like what the fuck And she's like yeah that's worth 75 points It's like on a triple letter or something I'm like that's not a word She's like yeah look it up So I look it up it's a word So I'm like okay what does it mean She's like uh I don't know I'm like you definitely You you went in there You you looked up those letters I was like it got a little heated I will admit but it was uh, Again she doesn't cheat anymore <laughs> But that's, that's kind of why I hate Like uh I just don't play Scrabble I'm uh, a. I'm not good at it. B. I find that you know you you can easily just like type it into a Google thing uh, and it, like a Google Scrabble calculator, and it will it will give you the answers.
0: That's why. Well, we play that you can't um, you can't have you can't use your phone.
1: I agree. You can't. But I'm also thinking like it's just. I don't know. I just going back to like this constant debate we've had about what's a sport like with chess and not. I'm like if like I play Catan, I don't I don't know if a computer would be better at me. Like it probably would. Now that I'm thinking about it, a computer probably would be better than me at Catan. But there's no like best answer, I guess. There are well, also that's
0: an incomplete information game. Yes. Which you makes don't... it more difficult for computers.
1: For sure. Meanwhile, Scrabble is. I guess would you consider... because you don't know what other players have, but you have you don't know what other knowledge. players have.
0: You don't know what tiles you're going to get. You don't know what they're going to play. No, in but between knowing your what you have currently,
1: turn. but what you have currently, do you not know what the best word is right they, it now? It would know like, the
0: best word with what you have currently, but it wouldn't be able to do as well in terms of strategy and thinking. Okay, well, do I want to play this because that might open up that for someone else where they'll be have access to a triple word. Because there's times where I I don't play the best word in my hand cause it because it basically gives someone else access to, like, the triple word or the triple yeah, letter. For sure. So I'll save I'm that with for you. later. But,
1: but at the same time, maybe you're a better Scrabble player. I'm, like, a really bad Scrabble player. So I'm, like, also, like, not... <laughs> Like I'm also not thinking that deeply. I'm just like I have a good word. And unless it's like super easy for someone else to then like add another word, I won't do it. But otherwise I'm just like play the best word possible because I'm not good enough to think that deeply. Maybe the best players in the world could obviously like outmaneuver us but like for me just having that little scrabble thing like would definitely help because I am a bad Scrabble player.
0: Yeah. Um I don't know. I feel like it would still be better than people, but I feel like Anytime you're dealing with incomplete information games, uh, computers still have the advantage, but not to the same overwhelming degree that they do with a complete information game.
1: Agreed. Agreed. That's why it's so good at chess, is because there's, I will not say it, there's a best move, but it's like they know everything.
0: Yeah, that there, there's have. nothing that, that is not known by anyone approaching, like all the information is all there. There's nothing hidden, there's nothing secret. There's Even nothing though na- now that I'm thinking chance. about it... Is, okay, cause,
1: okay, so let's take poker, for example. Poker is an incomplete information game. You don't know what the other person has, and yet there is clearly... And you don't know what
0: cards are coming.
1: Correct. And so, but would you say... So you think human... And I guess, yeah, humans probably have an edge over computers in that because they can use psychology to bluff and stuff like that, right?
0: Yeah, and um, as long as you're... And the math you know, is simple calculate... enough that... The, exactly. the odds are actually pretty easy to calculate for yeah, some of this exactly. stuff in terms of what, what hand, what cards might come up. I'm, if we're talking about Texas Hold'em, what community cards might come up, you can say, okay, I need either this or this in order to make my straight, which means there's eight cards out there probably that can help me. How many cards have already been played? Yeah, yeah. What are the odds that, that an eight is there? You can, uh, one of those eight cards is there. You can calculate that. Um, Some of the other things that I don't know if computers are as good at is thinking about what you're representing. If someone makes this move and this move, what is their range? What hands are they representing? That sort of stuff, I don't know. I feel like computers probably could. Um, And I feel like computers have gotten better than people, but it's been more recent than with some other things. But I feel like they actually have poker programs now that are better.
1: Well, and you also have to ask, what does better mean? Like, does better mean better than eighty percent of players? Like, if you're better than eighty or ninety percent of players, you're still not a professional, but it's pretty good.
0: I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm going to say that over X number of hands, it will have irrelevant of the circumstances. It will have if, like playing a thousand random hands. It will be up compared to uh, against human players.
1: Yeah, but that's my point. Like. Okay, so we've agreed, like, computers could win at chess, right? Or yeah, are the they, best players... They, they've, been,
0: they've been better than people for a while now. Now they're better
1: at Go, which yeah. is the game. Okay, they're better at... But, like, are they better than poker?
0: Than the, the best then human the best. players? Yeah. Like, how would you determine that? Would you go head-to-head, or would I you do... I think so. If you Maybe. play them at a table... Then, I don't know.
1: It'd be tough. But I, I'm interested to see that because now I'm trying to think... Head-to-head is also
0: played very differently than yeah. when you've got a like an eight-person table here. Your What hands you play should be different because you, you've got different positions, whether you're in position, out of position, stuff like of that. Of course.
1: But part of me thinks... So with incomplete information games, so again, poker, where you don't know what the other person has, part of me thinks that that leads to like more room for bias. Right, where, where humans could make mistakes because they're overconfident or they you know they believe something that's not because you don't know what the other person has right But the other part of me believes that they could actually use that to their advantage to screw with the other person like in poker again that's all bu- bluffing is is trying to make people think something that's not true So I'd be interested to see how computers stack up in in poker
0: huh. Yeah. Um,
1: okay, I'm gonna do some research and we'll talk about it next week.
0: Okay, let's. Uh, you got any other quick hits for this week? Uh,
1: no, I think that's it. But uh, let's move on to our.
0: What are we calling um, it? I've the got debate. Some. I've oh, got you do. Quick hits. Okay, Come let's on, hear. buddy. I, I, the oh. Let's hear. I feel like I feel like I'm not being appreciated. <laughs> Just being written off.
1: Well, well, we already know you're not being appreciated at home. So. <laughs> oh
0: wow. <laughs> um, um. So I got I got a couple things. One is last week. We were talking about uh, honorary degrees, and you said you thought that uh, Shaq didn't have his doctorate as a real degree, but it was honorary. Untrue. Shaq earned all of his degrees, even his doctorate. He is Dr. Shaquille O'Neal on his own merits, and you need to respect him for that.
1: That's pretty impressive. He's one his of only two doctors. doctorate is a the- of
0: education, I believe, and he wrote uh, his thesis on differences in leadership style based off of humor and showing strength. It's very, I mean, he, he's a very deep thinker, Shaquille O'Neal. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Shaquille O'Neal. I'm so sorry. So he's one of I, only I, three I, I keep, doctors. I keep mislabeling him. He is Dr. Shaquille O'Neal. He's
1: one of only three doctors in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Dr. James Naismith, who invented the game, Dr. Shaquille O'Neal, and Dr. J.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if maybe I feel like there's probably was a someone doctor else. of dunking. <laughs> there's probably like someone else who was a coach who was also a doc, like had a, some doctorate. And this person's family is going to hear this and be like this motherfucker.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, OK. So why do we always find I understand why. But like there's a guy. I can't remember who it is. He's in the NFL. And he I'm pretty sure he's a medical doctor. And
0: yeah, um, it was a, he was a tackle. Uh, I think he I think it was he, someone who went to Boston College or something like that.
1: I think so, too. He played for Kansas City, I, I believe. He. I'm pretty sure he's from Quebec. He played for the Patriots before that? I don't know. Anyway, I like or it. We're there just might like, be another guy who
0: went to Boulder who I'm thinking of. Never mind.
1: But anyway, no, it's like part of me was like, wow, it's so impressive that he's both like an amazing athlete and he's a doctor. But then I think about it. I'm like, okay, there's thousands of people. Literally, how many people have played in the NFL in the last... 20 years even thousands like some um, of them are going to be doctors
0: <laughs> some of them but I, I feel like i feel like it, it's partly that it it would be hard to do because you, you essentially have to put off your education for a while in order to because i feel like it'd be very difficult to to keep on top of the playbook and you know do right. all of your physical training and be an nfl player and devote yourself to that and then also have an education so you it's either you have to delay your career, which you probably can't do, delay your education, which means you're starting your your postgraduate stuff after your playing career, or you're doing the both at the same time. I think that's really what's impressive yeah. about it is that,
1: and that's probably it. it. There's tough. probably lots of NFL players who end up becoming doctors afterwards, you know and they have two or three seasons in the NFL and then they just leave. But, like, yeah, it's the fact that you have it at the same time. It's probably, like, that's what's super impressive is, like, how did you do both? Like, I, how did you handle both of those coast loads? Like, most people say they can't keep up with the NFL or keep up with medical school, and yet you did both.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, some people just have it all. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Two two more things. One, which also relates to something from previous week, which is Mr. Clean, Clean Freak. We we purchased some. And we are expecting this continuous spray to blow our minds. It's not the continuous spray. It's just a it's a longer spray. And It's the same amount of spray as you get from Dawn Platinum Power Wash.
1: Oh, so now you're going head to head against your Dawn, right?
0: No, I'm not going head to head. It's just it, we we actually really like the Mister Clean Clean Freak. It's a very good product, but it's 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 not it's not no it's not really mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. Also, mom bought the the Dawn Power Spray. And used it and is 100% on board with it. She's joined the, the power spray train.
1: You heard it here for... Man, that's actually a good name. Was that the power spray train?
0: Yeah. I'm, All uh, aboard! I, Choo-choo! Yeah, so, uh, I mean, that, that's two, two for two now in terms of uh, people appreciating the spray. It's great. Um, so, yeah. But uh, Clean Freak, it's good. We've been using it. Okay. It's got okay. some use. Wait,
1: I actually
0: one, have a... Okay, go. Uh, no, no, you go because mine's gonna be off topic. So stay on topic. No,
1: I, no mine's off topic too. But I just okay, thought of it. So right. my
0: last one is I watched a movie called um, Face Off with Nick Cage and John Travolta.
1: Yes, I know Face Off.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. Besides everything that is so weird about this movie and so over the top, and also the 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 last shootout before they do the boat chase. There are so many... I know it's John Woo, so I shouldn't be surprised, but the number of doves that are in that last scene is just so insane. I was thinking of going back and trying to count the number of shots where a dove appears in that last scene. Um, I feel like I would lose count. Like, I'd have to pause it every four seconds, just be like, okay, that's another two shots. There's another two. I feel like whoever, whoever is responsible for bringing doves to studios in Hollywood, that guy must have been doing so poorly until John Woo showed up, and now that guy is just banking on that that John Woo will make another movie. That's like his entire yeah. career just, and I was thinking about Wu is just John Woo is making something. Yes. Yes, I will get 90 doves together for this guy.
1: Like lots of people have different like stylistic things they add to their movie, but like, you know, they they might slip it in in subtle ways. Like John Woo just like shoves the doves in no matter
0: what. He doves can, and Mexican you, standoff. You can even That's, those are his two big, biggest things.
1: Yeah, but Mexican standoff, like first of all, I understand he's only making action movies okay like it's not like he's putting mexican standoffs into a rom-com where you're like what the fuck but i'm thinking like why are there doves everywhere okay, so there's a
0: mexican standoff where someone new is added to the standoff like four times in the same standoff so it gets even bigger and bigger in terms of the web that's growing there's originally just like two people then three then five then nine people and you're just like oh my goodness the standoff is getting so much more standoffish
1: you want you want to hear my bad pun of the day I don't even know sure. if it's a pun. Okay. Man, John Wu really seems to pigeonhole those doves in his movies, huh? huh? <laughs>
0: that is, um. Uh, Pretty bad. I, I, I'm so disappointed in that. I'm so disappointed in that pun. Uh, y- you know how I feel right now? I want to take your face off. I want wow. to take your face off.
1: Face. You're such a. You're such a quack.
0: If you're going to talk about pigeonholing something in, the name of the movie into that scene, and they say it, like, six times in that one scene. They say face-off, like, six times in one scene in the most unnatural way possible.
1: I know. It's, Uh, well, I always... I'll say I don't get it, but I was talking about that with Aaron, actually, where, like, okay, for a movie, I get it. Like, there's no movie that
0: has... What's the weirdest name movie that you know? Um... Uh, Uncle Boon Me Who Can Recall His Past Lives or something like that. Okay, that's probably that a weird, weird one. That's a weird name. Because
1: we were talking about music and we like this song and I can't remember the name of the song because it's not in the it's not in the song. You know what I mean? Uh, it, and I said, like, okay, think about it. Like, from a marketing perspective, again, going back to this, like, one of my favorite, like, club songs, I don't want to say club songs, like, upbeat songs, Barbra Streisand. How could you ever forget That song, they say it in the song 50,000 times, Barbara Streisand. It's so obvious. Meanwhile, I was like, compare that to, I'm not a big fan of theirs, but like, uh, Panic at the Disco. Okay, all of their song titles are so long and so complicated. Even if I did really like a song, if someone would be like, oh, which one's that? I'm like, I don't remember. I don't remember the name of that song, because all their songs are like, when you have to go to the bathroom, but the club line is full, or something like that. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with the song? You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, like, I'm actually trying to think, what is an actual Panic at the Disco song title?
0: Um, Here's the thing. I'm going to try and think of them, but I'm going to mix them up with, like, Follow Boy and stuff like that, because I kind of feel like those two. Just same time, same style. I'm going to mix them up. Yeah, um, I get that. Don't threaten me with a good time. That's one.
1: Lying is the most fun a girl can have with her clothes on. Okay, like... Does it say that during the, the thing? No, it's just like why do you make your song title? What's the what's the Pink Floyd one?
0: That's really uh, long? the weirdest one? Yeah. Uh several Okay, I'm going to get it wrong, but several, several species. species of small furry animals gathered together in a cave and grooving with a pict? Yeah, I believe I'm, like, I'm I'm, I'm I, I, I we can look it up later, but I feel like I got it like 90% right. I think you did.
1: But like why? That's the anyway, That's my It's also from it. an
0: album with a uh, titled Uma Guma. Not a good album title. No, um, it's also a weird album because, anyways, I'm not again. But, that.
1: but that's, I guess, that's my thing. Like, I don't think of myself as an artist Like, I am not that artistic. I have some like little bits, but I'm not like an artistic type. And so I'm like, maybe I'm just thinking about way too rationally. You just have to like, these artists are just like following their heart or their their passion or their soul. They're just this is I'm feeling umaguma. That's the album is Gooma-y and that's yeah, I, they just I name actually, it. I,
0: I'm just like racking my brain and I'm like 90% there on remembering something about that so don't take this as gospel but I actually think Umaguma might be uh like slaying in in Liverpool for sex so I can't remember I feel like feel like that's what it is but I can't remember
1: okay and that's first of all even if not that's a good that's I'll I'll, I'll pretend now that that is true oh no here it says the album's house supposedly comes from Cambridge slang for sex Cambridge ah
0: I thought they were from, you know, I think they went to school in Cambridge, but I think they're from Liverpool originally, so I, that's why I messed that up. Also, I do like the album cover for Uma because that's, the four of them are standing like in an area, and then offset to the right is a picture of the four, four of them standing in different positions, and in that picture is a picture of the four of them standing in different positions, and in that picture it's a picture, so there's like nested pictures. Of Isn't them.
1: that the exact same as the Led Zeppelin one? Which is the man of like the man with the straw on his back and beside in a painting, and then on the wall there's the painting of the man with the straw on his
0: back. Is that not no no, no. Which... It, it, on the on the inside cover there's like a zoomed out version of the inside cover. It's not like there's nested versions of it. Are you sure? Let's. But... Uh, I can I could go grab it. I own that album. I can go pick that up. If, no, no. no. I, I mean it's not that
1: relevant. Oops, I typed in Led Zeppelin Covers and it's giving me cover versions of no, it's Led, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin
0: 4 was it's technically untitled but it's Led Zeppelin 4 is what's called. And I'm like the the main cover doesn't yes, actually Yes, you're right.
1: The main cover does not have
0: that. I feel like there is like the back cover is a uh, uh, zoomed out showing that it's like part of a wall that's been torn down. I can't remember. You might be right.
1: Anyway, um, um sorry, so this was Face Off
0: and wait, yeah. what'd you think?
1: That's my my only question. Oh, I, like, what did I, I you thought think? it
0: was so interesting, mostly as an experiment in, in acting, just because you have, you have to say, John Travolta, I want you to interpret John Travolta through the lens of Nick Cage. You have to pretend to be Nick Cage acting as John Travolta. That's John Travolta's job. And Nick Cage, your job is to act as if you are John Travolta pretending to be Nick Cage. So you have to interpret yourself through someone else's mannerisms. Such a weird experiment. So weird. Uh, I think it's a really interesting experiment. I also kind of feel bad for um, John Travolta for one line in which he has to say, I can't wait to get my face back. Look at this chin, this most ridiculous chin on the planet, talking about his <laughs> own chin. He has to like insult himself just to an audience in like what was a very successful movie that millions of people saw, I would think. Yeah, I feel bad for him for that. I'm um, sure he
1: feels better because of all the money he made.
0: Yeah, they also, in an earlier scene, they say, oh yeah, when we're transforming you into Nick Cage's person, we can get rid of your love handles. And it's just like, come on, you've already insulted the chin, now you're going after his love handles. You're just not, not doing any favors for John Travolta here.
1: Can you imagine if it was just like John Wu was like an elaborate version of punk And he's just like <laughs> make, make, making actors make fun of
0: themselves. <laughs> I wonder how many takes he had to do of making fun of his own chin. I feel like that would... It's a ridiculous chin. <laughs> no, 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 we didn't get it. Come on, this is like fortieth take. I just want one more, just one more. I just want. I want to believe it.
1: <laughs> so I'm just gonna ask my quick hit, which is, let's. I I was thinking, hey, I mean, it's maybe a little longer than quick, but I'll keep it quick. Is, do you think MLB is coming back?
0: Um, I think we're not going to come back until we get to the point where the commissioner needs to declare it's a 48 game season which he can do unilaterally and then so you, he just pay so them think, prorated at that rate.
1: Yes. So in other words, you're saying, yes, you think they're going to come back.
0: I think they're going to come back, but not by, uh, an agreement.
1: Okay. Fair. I actually don't think they're going to come back. And I think this is the beginning of the end. I could be uh, overselling it, but like, again, I'm a baseball fan. Baseball has been losing viewership to basketball and football for a while. It has the oldest fans, um, and now they can't come together. And again, I think it's the owner's fault, not the players. I feel like the owners have, uh, I've heard this said multiple times, but I really like it. It—they it, It's capitalism on the way up. In other words, like the owners do really well when times are good. And then socialism on the way down where they say, oh, now we're losing. So you guys have to share in the losses. It's like, that's not how it works. You can't, you can't say, oh, when the times are good, we get all the benefit, but when the times are bad, you guys share in the losses. Like, they want it both ways. And on top of that, like, first of all, they I don't know if you've read all these articles, MLB cries, there was a guy, the guy owns the Cardinals, says baseball is a terrible business to be in, it's not actually that profitable. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, every year they sell, like, the Kansas City Royals, who are, like, one of the low smallest market teams just sold for a billion dollars, um, like no team is worth less than a billion, I don't think, and some teams are worth multiple, multiple billions. The all teams together are worth about forty billion, um, which gives the average about one point six billion. And on top of that, they've been growing at like twelve percent a year, the average value. And they said, oh, we might lose four billion this year. People debunked that number heavily. They said maybe they'll lose a billion tops, right? Maybe one and a half. And I'm thinking, if you lose one and a half billion which is like what is the realistic worst case scenario that is about um, less than uh, was it 4% less than 4% of your total value considering that all of them are worth four, uh, 40 billion most businesses during the pandemic lost way more than 2% of their total bi- like business so they're they're squabbling over pennies and i think this is going to really hurt them long term i think they had an opportunity to come back be america's game again Get new fans because people are desperate for sports, and instead, I, I think they really fucked this up, and I think the owners are, are really gonna fuck themselves in the foot. They're 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 trying to cast the players as being the bad guys, but like that is their product, the players. Anyway, that wasn't really a quick hit. That was more of a rant, but it's really pissing me off. Can we consider
0: off. that a complaint and grievance? Sure, that's a,
1: that's my complaint.
0: All right, I I don't have a complaint for this week, so I think that's uh that wraps up quick hits and. Um, also complaints and grievances. Um, I think that's time to move on to the debate. Okay. Let's see. So, um, for this week, it's, it's kind of more, it's almost like show and tell compared to debate. That's what I was
1: going to say. Do we have a new name for it? Is it still called the debate?
0: Well, we'll call it the debate now. If we feel like sticking with this format, maybe we'll switch it to, to show and tell or something like that. Who, who knows? Um, but, uh. Our debate for this week is what movie did the least with the most what movie was the biggest waste of the combined talents that were went into it um Josh do you have i've got I've got a pretty big section on this um do you want okay. me, do, you, do you want me to go first or you to go first
1: I'll, I'll go first just because I think you have a big section so i I'll start and then you can go but I'll say so one I was thinking about this pretty deeply because i I was thinking. I went through all my Netflix, and, you know, you can rate thumbs up, thumbs down, and I was trying to, like, see how many do I have thumbs down. It's, like, not that many, and I started thinking, you know what? I'm very selective which movies I watch, so I don't think I watch many bad movies. So, unfortunately, I did not have a long list, so I tried to do some research, um, but obviously I don't want to speak to a movie I didn't watch and say, oh, this is a bad movie because that's what I read, but I did use it as, um, I guess, you know, uh, inspiration. So, I think uh, the Tree of Life with Terrence Malick. I also kind of did it as not just did the most with the least, but also like maybe I'm misrepresenting it, but like also kind of was like overhyped, I guess, a little. Like so, you know, people thought it was critically acclaimed. And I was like, it's okay. <laughs> um, I thought um, Crash. Crash has yeah. a Crash actually has a really great cast and it also won lots of awards but then again i also went back because i'm also like everyone also hates crash so i was like oh most overrated academy award winner so i'm
0: like is it actually so um yeah you know so that i hate a... i hate crash but yeah. i did not put it even in my my top five for biggest waste. Of i life. know but i
1: think you have a much better uh list so this one i'll say one that i never saw but i Do you remember seeing the cast and then not hearing anything about it? So it might have, it must have been like not that good, Um, but I can't speak to it personally. But Monument Men.
0: Oh, with Clooney and Goodman and Clooney,
1: Damon, Bill Murray, Goodman, uh, Kate Blanchett. did
0: Did Clooney also direct that one?
1: He did. And I remember thinking, oh wow, this is gonna be sick. It's like about history, and it's about like, and there's Nazis in it. I'm pretty sure it's like them saving art from the Nazis. And then I remember just disappearing from the face of the earth like that. So you know, well, I feel I'm like trying to only, snap, and it. There you go. I feel I, like
0: I, I've uh, only heard like three people who have seen it. They all enjoyed it, but no one was like love No one loved it. They all were just like, oh yeah, it was good. It was. I liked the acting, and I I liked it. But no one was like, oh yeah, you you have to go see it. It was all like, yeah, yeah it was good.
1: Okay, let's hear your movies.
0: All right, I've got I've got a whole I got a list. Um. So how about I've you heard, break it up?
1: How about you do? half your list then I'll jump in with a couple more yeah. and then you finish off.
0: Okay, I'll first off start off with two that didn't make my didn't make the podium, but I thought were competitive choices. One of which was Avatar. Um I rewatched Avatar. It is it's just a bad movie. It's just it's not even mediocre. Okay. It's a bad movie and I'm going to say I don't think James Cameron has been a very good director for the past 19 years. Ever since wait, not 19, 29 years since T2. I feel like T2 was the last really good movie that he's made? And so what has he then, made since then? Uh, Avatar, Titanic, and True Lies, which I also rewatched, and is it's it's okay.
1: So hold on, like what the two two of the highest grossing films of all time? You know, and like...
0: I don't think either of them is good. Interesting. I think they're the two worst movie. Well, two of the worst movies he's made. I think Avatar is the worst movie he has made. Because I rewatched it and I was just like, this is just, this dialogue sucks. This acting is not good. The, the visual effects are beautiful. The story isn't good. It's just not, it's not a good movie.
1: So I'm going to, I will say, I was thinking about Avatar too, but I was like, I didn't think so because I thought, I mean, again, again, it depends how you define this, like the most with the least, like it was a very expensive movie to make at the time. So I'm thinking you could say they did l- like, but they, but I also don't think like at the time, Sam Worthington was not a star. Zoe Sam Worthington
0: wasn't a star, Zoe Saldana wasn't a star, Stephen Lang wasn't a star, the, the nerdy guy who was in Bones and some other stuff, he wasn't a yeah. star. No, so I'm there thinking... weren't of stars, but like the accumulated talent beyond the cast is huge. Um, so, but okay, just... so
1: you're talking talent like behind. And I, I will that also I say this... I included
0: behind... That was Fair. most of most of what I accounted for, was the fact that there Got was... Got it.
1: I, I did account for that, but not as much as you, it seems. And I'll just say this about Avatar... Uh, you said it was a bad movie. I haven't seen it since in theaters. I do think it was – I've told this to multiple people. If you did not see it in theaters in 3D, it's a waste. It doesn't It's not worth it. I I still thought in person, seeing it for the first time, I was like blown away. It was the most amazing 3D I, I was, I was, I've ever seen. I was
0: too. But then I decided to watch it again, and I was like, wow, yeah. this does not hold up at well, all. Well, but
1: I know. But part of me says, okay, maybe it's not a good movie, but it's, like, a great visual experience. Because, again, I still would, like, if I could watch it in theaters again, I probably would, because I was that blown away by it. But, yeah, I, I, like, if you don't watch it in theaters, don't even bother.
0: Yeah. Um, Next, as a competitive choice but doesn't make the podium, is La La Land, which was, you know, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling and... Damien Chazelle as the director and writer. It just it should have worked, and it is a terrible movie. Um, wow. We've we've spoken about La La Land on the pod. I'm, we're not gonna relitigate this. We won't relit.
1: Yeah, relitigate right. it. No, we
0: won't. Do you want me to do my bronze medalist, and then we'll go to you, or? Sure. So bronze medalist is um Batman and Robin. Uh, directed by Joel Schumacher, who's a competent director. Uh, Akiva Goldsman wrote it, who has won uh an Oscar. And the cast is George Clooney, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Chris O'Donnell, Uma Thurman, Alicia Silverstone, Vivica A. Fox. Just pretty good. Really, really good. I mean, besides Clooney, uh, Schwarzenegger, Uma Thurman, those are three huge names. Um, the score was composed by uh, an Oscar winner, and the cinematographer was, has been nominated twice. And that movie is just an all-time terrible movie. It's just really bad. I don't know if, if a you've, good one. I don't know if you've seen it or seen it recently. It's not. A I good have
1: movie. not. It's funny. I actually just spoke to Erin about. She hasn't seen or maybe she she doesn't remember the Batman movies. She's like, let's rewatch them all. I was like, well, let's not rewatch them all. Let's watch the the Christopher Nolan uh, trilogy. You know.
0: I don't know. You can you can all, the Michael Keaton ones that were directed by uh, Tim Burton are interesting. Yeah,
1: but I'm like, if you again, I'm very selective on what movies I watch, and so I'm like. E-
0: Let's let's go for the best.
1: If we if we have time, we can go watch more. But I'm like, eh, let's let's stick with this for now.
0: Yeah. Um. So that that's my bronze medalist for Waste of Talent. Okay. I like it.
1: I like it. Okay. So I will go in a similar vein. Another Batman movie. I was gonna say uh, Batman versus Superman. Dawn of Justice or Dawn of Justice. I thought that was a terrible movie, and. You know, it clearly had star power behind it,
0: um, but I, I also like think Gal Gadot, uh, Henry Cavill, and and was Zack Snyder and Zack Snyder
1: and and what's his name produced uh, didn't he? Did no uh, one produce it? No, he no produced not no Um, what's it called? The guy who did, uh, oh my god, the guy like the mystery box dude.
0: You know who I'm talking about J.J. Abrams. Yeah, I'm
1: pretty sure he. First of all, I, I also think this is, like, my theory that, like, star power means almost nothing today. Like, people used to – stars used to actually draw, and I don't we, think we, they do anymore. That.
0: We, I feel like we I know.
1: That. So I'm, like – so that's why I'm debating, like, is that actually star power or is it – but it, anyway, either way, it's a shit movie. It's truly, like, so stupid. Um, so that was up there. Uh, you actually stole my – obviously, I was thinking Batman, the other Batman as well. Um. I don't think what else. There's another one that I was thinking that was just like, bleh.
0: Do you want me to go to my silver medalist? Oh, that's what it
1: is. Pirates of the Caribbean, not the first one. Like the
0: third one. Any of the others, yeah. Yeah, any of the others.
1: Because, like, I'm thinking so much money, like, big names at the time, and just shit movie. The first one, great. The second one, eh, it's okay. After that, just like, toilet bowl. Terrible. Yeah.
0: Very bad movies. Um, Yeah. Alright, I'm gonna go... My silver medalist and my gold medalist are both linked together uh, and, and you'll see what I'm saying but um, my silver medalist, and you're not gonna like this, is um, Raising Arizona. Wow! So, uh, I rewatched that movie, Rachel watched it with me and she she like gave up. She left, she's like, I can't, I can't even do this. It's just... The I think movie you just don't is... like Nick Cage. Okay, that's what I was going to say, when I was going to list the talent I was not going to list Nick Cage. He was not going to be listed as part of the talent in this movie. Holly Hunter and Francis McDormand and John Goodman, very talented. Uh, Carter Burwell did the score. Barry Sonnenfeld did the cinematography. And the Coen brothers wrote and directed. And there's a lot of talent there. Nicolas Cage, less talented.
1: You just don't like Nick Cage. I, I think you just don't appreciate him.
0: I'm going to quote Community on this one. If yeah. I was in 70 films over 30 years and spent each one talking at random volumes, I might accidentally win an Oscar too.
1: Again, I actually think Nick Cage is far more talented than you think, but I think he is often miscast. I guess
0: I don't know. There's like five movies in which he was good, and that's it. And Raising Arizona is not funny. It's it's not. I I don't get a lot of heart out of it. The story is stupid. Characters are I don't care about them. I don't like. I don't really like anything about this movie at all, to be honest. Um. Except for maybe Holly Hunter, I like Holly Hunter. That might be it. That's I think all I have good to say about that movie. Um, Fair. All right. Do you want me to go onto my gold medalist?
1: Well, the is it also Nick Cage? No. Okay. This one's actually. I have two others that I think are are pretty bad. Um, one I've never seen, but I it it constantly when you Google it, it constantly comes up as the number one one. But I think like the the, the star power here is not really re- it's it's called movie 43 it's like a comedy where there's oh. a lot of actors in there but they're only for a bit and it's like little skits and it's stupid and terrible but i'm like yeah. that doesn't really count that's like punked oh punk has the greatest star power considering there's like a million yeah but it's not really they're not really in it for more than a couple seconds so i don't really count that one but then this one i actually did see and i thought it was i kind of agree even though i don't know if it, the, the i don't think the people in it actually still had star power uh, but The Counselor, do you know which one that is?
0: Yeah, uh, Fastbender, Cameron Diaz, Javier Bardem, directed by Ridley Scott and written by Cormac McCarthy.
1: Yeah, and it could have been good, but it was very, very weird. I've L. added L.B. it Cruz, to my Cameron Diaz, actually, Brad Pitt, yeah. yeah. It, it was, There's was like a couple interesting scenes in it, but it's not a good movie. It could have been really good. I was really pumped for it because I'm like, oh, it's about the – like, great cast, and I was thinking, oh, man, it's about the drug cartel, but it's taking kind of a different perspective on it. Like, that could be awesome. Nah, it was, like, very bleh. Okay. All right. Maybe that's the other thing. I forget all the movies that I watched that are bad.
0: (laughs) Well, this this one you have seen because I saw it with you and Mom and Dad, my gold medalist, and you're going to – it might take you a bit to – but The Lady Killers? Do you remember this at all or have you just Yes, wiped it I do. You? That was pretty bad. And that was written and directed by the Coen brothers. Another Coen brothers comedy. I've been thinking about it. I I really like the Coen brothers when they make dramas. I really
1: don't them. like
0: them yeah. very much at all when they do comedies. Interesting.
1: I still like their comedies a lot. First of all, wait, you don't like Did big they Lebowski. not do The Big Lebowski? Yeah.
0: Not a big fan. Really? Okay, you're Nazi just wrong. Fan. Okay, guys, you heard it here okay. first.
1: Michael's opinion no longer matters. Okay,
0: raising Arizona, hate.
1: I uh, I still have to rewatch it. I can't judge, but I will say I one of the ones that I did. I'm also thinking that I did. The, one of the only movies I've ever walked out of, and I walked out of because I was with friends and they walked out of, but I wasn't enjoying it. Was Burn After Reading, which is another Coen Brothers. uh yeah. Coen Brothers.
0: Comedy. Uh, A Serious Man is a black comedy. Don't never like saw it at all. Uh, Lady Killers comedy, don't like that one at all. Yeah, the Lady Um,
1: Killers was bad. I actually think there are others, like, I liked, I'm not saying it was great. I
0: haven't seen it, but I've heard terrible things about Hail Caesar. Oh, no, I didn't think it was that bad.
1: I was just talking about that with Aaron the other day. We we are debating whether that's a musical or not, because it's got musical numbers. Again, I thought it was, I think the big thing about their comedies are they are just very mediocre but they could have been great. Like, I thought Hail Caesar could have been really good, and it just wasn't. It was like, yeah, it's okay. It's
0: all very right. forgettable. I'm, I'm now going to go over, like, some of their drama films. Blood Simple. Amazing. Yeah. First off, that's also their debut movie, and they knock it out of the fucking park with Blood Simple. Next one after that was Miller's Crossing, which I love. Eh, um, I'm like, okay. All right. Uh, no Country for Old Men. True Grit. I mean, these, these are these are their great movies.
1: I agree. When, I'm when, with you. But those, I also love The Big you, Lebowski. When you asked
0: me what's... What, what, we were talking about whether I have season tickets to certain people. I think if you said there's a Coen Brothers drama or crime thriller or something like that coming out, I might be automatic on that. You tell me that they have a comedy coming out, I might be automatically out 100% immediately on that. But back, back to the lady killers. It was directed and written by the Coen brothers who have won three Oscars for writing and directing. It's based on a classic British comedy, which I've seen and is a much better movie. So it's not only like written and directed by talent, it's already based off of a pre-existing excellent property. In the movie, we have Tom Hanks, two-time Academy Award winner, J.K. Simmons, Academy Award winner, Stephen Root, Marlon Wayans. Um, the guy who played Gary Birdier in Remember the Titans, and the guy who was um, General Shang in, in, in Arrival, and he's done some other stuff. Uh, the score was by two-time Academy Award nominee Carter Burwell, and the cinematography was Roger Deakins, two-time winner, 15-time Man, nominee. you were
1: going deep cinematography and score. Okay,
0: it's it's Roger Deakins. It's Roger fucking Deakins. I, I mean, know, but by that logic... 15 like 15 times nominated. I
1: know, but by, by that logic... Times, that's a lot. Like, the latest... Jurassic Park should be up there. Actually, that actually is no terrible idea. I haven't seen it, but I'm thinking like, how many how many Academy Awards does the the score for Jurassic Park won? What's this, who's who does that? Again? I don't
0: even think John Williams did that one actually. No, I feel like he handed it off. Yeah,
1: yeah, maybe.
0: I know there there was one where originally I I was looking at one that had Meryl Streep in it, and I'm like that just you got twenty two twenty one or twenty two nominees just from Meryl Streep, it kind of unbalances stuff. But um, I rewatched that movie and I realized it's actually really good, so I took it off the list. Um, so Lady Killers, terrible movie. Tom Hanks, J.K. Simmons, Coen Brothers, Roger Deakins, Stephen Root. I mean, there's just a lot of talent, and it's based off of a, a really good movie, and is one of my probably thirty, thirty to fifty, worst movies of all time. True,
1: I agree. That's a good one. Like, again, again, another one that. Uh... I completely forgot about.
0: Yeah. But now that I I rewatched it for I, I rewatched uh Raising Arizona and Lady Killers as part of this and it was and Avatar and it's just there's there's some bad movies there. Yeah. Did not choose to rewatch Batman and Robin. I I I just didn't want to. Also oh, you're right, John Williams did
1: not do the music for the latest one.
0: Okay. I was just saying that cuz I feel like I feel like he's been handing off some of the bigger franchise stuff. Even feel... he
1: knew that this movie was going to flop. He's like, "I don't want to be. I don't want to be on that podcast where they talk about worst movies." Yeah,
0: I mean, how many how many nominations does he have? Like, I feel like he's got to be 30. shit done.
1: Twenty, yeah,
0: um, a ton. <laughs> you want to say? You know what? I'm not gonna look it up. And a next metric time that a if... metric
1: ton, literally, of yeah. nominations. I, I, I,
0: I, if I said an over underline of twenty nine and a half. What do you think? Over, 29 and a half, under. John Williams nominations. I'm searching this up. He has 52 nominations. Okay, so I was wrong. You were are <laughs> those But are those, all, but are those
1: all four, that's my question, are those all Oscar knobs?
0: Uh, da, 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 da. Wait a second. Da, 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 da. I'm, I'm looking this up. Where did I see 52 yeah, 52 Academy Award nominations. Okay. Okay. Second most nominated individual. Well, and in all-time.
1: The moral of the story is avoid those movies we talked about. They're they're really freaking not worth your time. Except if Michael said that, then they're worth it.
0: <laughs> I'm um, but kidding. actually, do you want to guess who is the only person with more nominations from the Academy than John Williams?
1: I have no idea.
0: A man by the name of Walt Disney
1: ah that makes
0: sense for a lot of I feel like he kind of dominated the never heard of him actually who is he um (laughs) he was a he was this giant racist um, (laughs) anti-semite he made this movie called song of the south that's really his lasting legacy
1: that's the only thing you need to know about him that's it nothing else okay
0: um yeah alright I I think that kind of wraps this up um I'd be interested to hear if people like our show and tell or the debate section better and going forward, we can kind of uh, choose one or the other for what we want to do. But I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll just whatever comes to us for a certain week. We'll choose that one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hit us up on our Facebook page. Let us know what you like. Just talk in the podcast.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'd love to hear from uh, our avid listeners.
1: Uh, okay. So the next section, actually, yeah, the next section
0: is the movie Her. Right, yes. which
1: is what we were sent, so had you seen this
0: movie before um i I had I'd seen it once previously, and I loved it then, and I watched it again this week, and I love it i don't I don't even know if I wanna say more or just like pretty much equally the same, but either way, it's one of my favorite movies. I love this movie,
1: yeah- I had never seen it before. I absolutely love this movie, but uh there's so much here to unpack, so um, I guess I'll start with a brief recap and then we can kind of get into it. So uh, it's about a man who uh, is dealing with the recent div- his recent divorce and it's in the future and he's lonely and there is a new operating system that that is uh intelligent and so he slowly befriends this operating system and this friendship slowly evolves into a relationship and it's about... Yeah, and I, I guess I don't want to do too many spoilers, but that's, that's a pretty good summary of, of, of what uh, the movie is.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say that this is one of the strongest competitors for the best romance movie of so far of the 21st century. There's only two others that I can think of. Which that, are? That, um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Great, which, amazing, I love it. Yeah, I originally, the first time I saw it, I hated it, and I just think it was about where I was in my life at the time, and then I rewatched it, and now it's one of my favorites. Love that movie now. Um, and the other one is a, a film called In the Mood for Love, which is, uh, mo- Mom was the one who actually introduced me to this movie. Uh, I think we've watched, I've watched it with Mom, I've watched it with Rachel. I. It's a fantastic movie. Um, it's uh. I I think it's Hong Kong. I can't tell if it's China or Hong Kong is where it was made, but it's a fantastic movie with two, like some fantastic um actors, Tony Leung and Maggie Chung, who just fantastic and the the film is so uh, sumptuous, I would say. It's just every shot, the way the the dresses are, everything about it is just decadent.
1: Okay, interesting. So I've never seen that film. And I, I think it's interesting you say one of the best rom-com – you said rom-coms or
0: – Romances. Romances. Not not, ro- not rom-com, romance. Got
1: it. Okay. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, no, it's a great uh, – it's definitely up there. I, I don't know if all those others uh, – I like, to me, Eternal Sunshine is, is like a satire rom-com. Like, it's not a typical rom-com, but there's definitely, like, humor in it, but it's deeper. But, yeah, yeah but I love this. In, in I the love end, that. it's
0: not as much about the comedy, Eternal Sunshine. It's really about – just the, this, well, this I guy. Think, yeah, and, I don't even know and, if I'd call these romance
1: fields. movies, though, because I don't think they're romance movies. I think they're about what it means to, what a relationship means. And what, like, because, again, he's he's building a relationship with an AI. And so some yeah. people say, how can you build that? And that, that to me, is the point. Like, I like Aaron and I watched The Notebook. Like, that's a true romance movie where it's yeah, like, you know. I, I actually, I, love I, I watched The Notebook all. in the
0: past week. Um, that movie is not good.
1: I disagree. I thought it was good. I liked it. It's it's sad, obviously, um, but like it's like the whole goal is like love conquers all, and love allows her to regain her memory and like you know transport you to a different time, uh, literally and, and uh, metaphorically, because obviously she's she's remembering.
0: BT dubs. That's not how dementia works. <laughs> that way. That's not how dementia works. I know, but that's why it's a movie. <laughs> Uh, that's a
1: movie that's the point <laughs> like how many movies I know but how like interstellar right <gasps> love allowed you to travel to the fifth dimension and, and Like here's, that's here's not the how thing. the I, fifth that, dimension I
0: actually works. I, I think people not okay. I don't believe, I, I've got a lot of interstellar thoughts but I actually think I want to rewatch it before I get too deep into it but I actually don't think love is the thing that ties him to that that moment I think that's really he he, he goes into this dark hole and and these Fifth dimensional beings construct a three dimensional space that he can navigate to represent their viewpoint. And it's not love that ties him back, but their future technology that allows him to navigate through time to that point. And he chooses a point based off of something that's very strongly held memory to him. And what would dictate what memories are strongest to him would be strong emotions like love. And Could be.
1: But I guess my thinking is how many movies... I mean, Anne
0: Hathaway literally says "love, love." Like she says that. I know times. she says it, but I think that's I know. that's a human trying to understand, I understand. and speak about but their feelings. How many and... other movies are like
1: the the main gist of it is like love? Love is stronger than any other force in the world. Stronger than gravity. Like that's a lot of movies, and that's again, I'm not. It's clearly not scientifically accurate. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like that is what a lot of movies are trying to say. They're trying to like explain the human condition and what makes humanity worth it and it's like love love is the answer
0: yeah but i feel like a lot of movies they, they go for that and the way that they depict it and I, i'm gonna say a lot of romance movies um i not I, I just feel like it's kind of listen it's, i don't think it's, it's good week, a lot of the way that they do stuff whereas i agree I feel like in this movie by by the the, the sheer mechanism of, of, First off, making her an AI, and second off, the way in which they depict the relationship deepening, both of those are just so much stronger compared to... It's kind of, I don't know, it's like pedantic By the way, a lot of so I think movies. you're missing
1: my point. I'm agreeing with you. Like, I think the no, love... I
0: no, I know that you're agreeing with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, so love conquers all... I'm saying I think those are generally, like, very simplistic. That's why I think I don't like a lot of these rom-coms. They're over the top, and, like, some of them, again, I still like because they're, che- they're cheesy, but some are, like, too cheesy, and you're like, ugh. But what I thought was beautiful about this was, like... I thought it described, it was a very accurate depiction of a relationship and how that works, despite yes, the fact that it exactly. is the least accurate relationship. It is someone falling in love with an AI, and yet they made that realistic. And, and the other thing I'll say, it's so well written.
0: Um, so well written. So I, was, I was going to say that, not just, not just their dialogue, but all the letters that he writes. That's so good. I was wondering about how much time he had to spend writing out the letters that he writes for other people. Yeah, I also think, brilliant little bit of what people. I feel like in a lot of rom-coms and romantic movies, what someone's job is, uh, you know, there's always a scene. know, I hate my job. This is, whereas this, it's they made his job so tied into his, his, his depth of feeling that he has and his romantic nature and stuff like that. Or uh, they do a really good job of showing who he is just in his job. Also, I like. Forgot that Chris Pratt was in this movie. Um, Yeah, same. And then the second that I saw him, I'm like, oh, right. Uh,
1: Always a win. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's great all around. I mean, to me, I I thought the beautiful thing about this was, uh, so the relationship, to me, like, uh, most of the other ones say, like, love conquers all, love is the only, like, this was about, like, it's about growing. It's about like love isn't like something that just like hits you and it's like boom. It's like he has to like learn to love. You know what I mean? And she teaches him how to open up, and it's hard work, right? It's he has to literally um, be vulnerable with his AI and be honest with her and open and all these things that are tough. But that's what makes like that's what makes a successful relationship. It's not like there's this. Um, magic that just happens. I think too many movies just say like, "There's just show the magic, right? The kissing in the rain and people levitating or something like in La La Land, you know, um, and dancing."
0: That's what That's, I'm saying. Like this, is, this is realistic, it's weak. Whereas this is like it, it requires rather than trying to to find a shortcut to it, it shows the the pain and vulnerability required for the, the yeah. openness. And there's literally the fire, a line where you know, she like says, "Fully bring I, someone into your life." Like- yeah, where
1: they say something like, I taught you how to love better. And it's like, that's, I think, the point. It's like, it's about, uh, you know, you, not to get cheesy, but like the first person you got to love is yourself, right? If you have all these insecurities and you hate yourself, you're not going to be able to open yourself up, to let someone else in, to love you. And I think he had a lot of issues, which is why, and he expected things of his other wife that she couldn't fulfill, right? He wanted her to be happy, this happy, cheery wife, and he was projecting those feelings on her and she obviously couldn't fill them, but like he, he kept trying to force a square peg into a round hole. Um, here, I also wrote some other things that I, I, do you write notes during the,
0: I write them after if I, if I'm really enjoying a movie, I'll write them after if I'm kind of not enjoying them all that much. And it's a movie that we've watched for this. I start making the notes during. So one, I thought this was one of the best
1: I won't even call it romance movie because I don't think it's romance, but it's like relationship. To me, I put it up there like more similar to like I know it's gonna sound stupid, but like I love you, man, or something, where it's like just like like some of these bromance movies. I think actually do a better job showing the beautiful relationship between people that doesn't always have to be romantic. Obviously, in this one it is, but I think the romance ones are often over the top. This like again this fake love where it's like oh the skies open up and the sun comes down and the romance. I, I thought this was truly just like a beautiful relationship that shows even the relationship between um the main character and Chris Pratt's character, like yeah, it's friendship. But it was like so realistic and so beautiful. I really like that. And like we said, like the writing is amazing. I I recently started watching a movie and I hated it called My Name Is Dolomite. Did you see it?
0: No, I didn't. We we talked about this with Mom. not on the pod. So I know. So I'll say it happened, very quickly. But um, basically,
1: I never got through it. <laughs> I never got through it, but the, the gist was he's supposed to be a funny guy, and they say he's a funny guy, and all the any anytime he's doing stand-up, people laugh. But I didn't think the actual writing was funny, and I never laughed. It's like they told me he was funny, but they didn't show me he was funny. And here I thought they showed – they didn't just say, oh, look, Chris Pratt and this guy are friends, or like these people are falling in love. I actually could see it, like the the, the way they spoke to each other – Was so accurate and amazing. I really loved it. Um, Do you have any notes? I have a couple others, but I kind of want to sort through them. I have a couple others
0: that are little notes, but uh, I mean, one that I I really liked that I think is kind of underrated because I thought the world building for this near future, the way that the fashion is, it's kind of like in the, I don't know, the pants all had like a certain texture, the shirts all had a certain feel to them, just the fashion was just a little bit different and I could buy that as just like, okay, if you know, indie hipster fashion became the dominant trend for like thirty years and we evolved towards that as being what fashion was like in the future. The buildings, the way that they looked and were laid out, the technology, including his, his video game with him like doing his little finger thing for the walking, all yeah. that stuff I thought was really good near future. And, did it say calendar. what year it's supposed to take place or kind no, of No, like... but I I, I just kind of picture it as being like uh 50 50 year near future sort okay. of thing. i
1: pictured a little less than that i pictured probably like 20 maybe but well, I, I, I will say, say this
0: i'd say 30 to 50 is how it there. feels to me i guess i
1: think i'm reading a book now i'm rereading homo deus by Yuval harari and it's like making me think the future's coming so much faster we, we, we've
0: hit our obligatory Yuval harari mention on the podcast yeah there we go if anyone had that on their bingo sheet uh you can check that off
1: but so we said it's one of the best. It's we said it's one of the best romance ones and friendship ones. I actually also think it's one of the most accurate future ones. Like every other movie I watch with That's the what future, I was saying, it's
0: really good near future world building.
1: But not yeah, not not just that. It's like in a world like normally there's like robots or like the, the world's blue. This was like kind of like it's pretty similar to our world. And really, the main difference is one. I think they do a great job of showing how isolated we are. Even though we all have a connection, we're all starved for connection, but devices have made us even farther apart. There's a scene where he's looking around and everyone's talking to their AI, but no one's ever together. There's almost never two people talking to each other. Ever, ever. The only people that ever talk to each other are the main character and his neighbor and and the main character and Chris Pratt. Every other person. You never even see two people I mean, walking he, he together. He also has this character. conversation with so his, um,
0: his ex-wife. Um, which I I I I thought you're right. Sorry, and his She's um, she's very was that Mara? Yeah, Mara Rooney. She's uh, Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara just very <laughs> hurtful in that scene. She is just or things that she says. I think they were both.
1: I don't know. I Actually, kind of. Again, I haven't been divorced, so and thankfully won't be or hopefully won't be. But um, I don't know. It's like it's got to be tough, and she might have been. Being hurtful, but I think she's also trying to like lay everything on the line. You know what I mean? And he was kind of being a little, I don't know, judgmental of her. But maybe I don't need to rewatch it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I wrote this thing. So one thing I thought, I don't know if there's any deeper meaning. Probably not. But I really like this, and I caught this. So his neighbor, Amy, she did a documentary, and her documentary was on her mother sleeping. If you remember, and they're like, yeah, "What the fuck?" And like uh, they were. The, the
0: husband wanted it to be acted out what her dreams were after interviewing her, and Amy was not about it.
1: But then it's not a documentary. But no, so remember, she films her mother sleeping. Then, about two scenes later, Samantha, which is the AI, asks if she can watch uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character sleep. And I thought, is there something there about, like, the... I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that there's twice in a movie that someone watches someone else sleep for a um, long period of time.
0: I don't know. Maybe it's it's just there's a a certain it's a very personal time when you're sleeping, and she says something about when it's uh Amy Adams says something about when it's you're most free, when you're most yourself is when you're sleeping and in your dreams. So maybe it relates to that somehow. I I don't know. Um I didn't consider that, I'm just trying to come up with something now.
1: Oh, no, I don't think there's anything there. I just thought it was an interesting little tidbit that, like, huh. Like, that documentary wasn't just, like, out of the blue. It kind of, like, came back a second time, yeah. which I thought was um, kind of interesting.
0: I don't know, I've only got one other comment on this movie. Okay. Which is uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance is amazing in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even from, like, uh, the the acting that he does with his, his face, just when it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I thought he just very good at emoting a wide range of emotions that he has to show um, how his character has to change and grow. It just, I feel like he did a really good job at all of those things in this movie. Um, Oh, there's one other thing that I kind of, it's such a small thing, but it's a lovely detail that I really liked is that on his shirt, he had little, he's got his pocket, but the pocket's too deep for, so
1: you put in a pin close. Yeah. Little pin. Yeah.
0: I just thought that was really nice. Cute detail there's a lot of
1: little details first of all yeah there's this movie is just amazing why not two other things i wrote both are going to be nonsense but i just thought they were interesting so one there's a scene i'll ruin it the the stair staircase scene the best scene in the like the most emotionally hitting scene in the movie if you remember where he asks are you seeing anyone else oh yeah so i did the math i'll ruin it fine she he says are you talking to anyone else right now she says yes How many people? 8,316. Do you love them? What? How many do you love? 641. So I did the math on that, and that's about 7.7%, or 1 in 13 people. And I was wondering, how many people, on average, do most people kind of have, like, a close relationship with before they fall in love? I don't know if it's 1 in 13, but I'm thinking that could be accurate. Like, on average, if people kind of have met, like, 13 others, which they kind of um, thought of as significant other choices before deciding. I have no idea if that's right or not, but I thought that doesn't seem so crazy.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I haven't crunched the numbers on this, but um.
1: I guess my point was like, do you think he actually put any thought into those numbers?
0: <laughs> Spike Jones? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like he, Um. I feel like he just wanted, he chose the numbers not based off of that ratio, but by no. what would be something that if, Joachim Phoenix's character heard it; it would, you know, I have know. the desired impact.
1: It's true. It's so high, six hundred fourteen, and I, thought, it's like what? Like you know, maybe think like ten or twelve. No, it's such a high number. But um, and the other thing I thought was great, um, was and you talk about how he writes letters. I was thinking, so most of these people, he he says how some of these other people, he's been writing these letters for people for years, for decades sometimes. Yeah, and that was beautiful because. We've gotten so used to outsourcing things to technology. Hey, can you like we use um, AIs to set our calendar, set our reminders, uh, book things, or order an Uber for us? All these things. And the the next logical step is to outsource our human connections. And that's basically what he's doing. He is outsourced. They have outsourced their human connection to him. So instead of putting in the work of actually trying to build a relationship with someone, talk to them and get used to them, we've literally outsource that to AI. And then I thought it was interesting that instead the one with the healthiest relationship is him. And meanwhile, then when he's having a relationship with Samantha and that girl comes over, the sex scene, you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a really interesting scene. Yeah. Um, But, but that's basically outsourcing the physical elements of the relationship. I, I don't just think that I think that from the first half of their relationship, Samantha's biggest anxiety is a lack of body. Which is, like, that's a, that's her. You can hear her, in the way that she talks. Her she has all this anxiety about her lack of body, and that's how she tries to, you know, overcome or compensate for this, what she sees as her primary deficiency. Because it's it's she's the one who's very much pushing for it, and he's hesitant about it from the start. Whereas she's mm-hmm. very set on it. Um, I I think that's it's it's yeah it's she outsources a body because that's what she. Of all the things that she can do, that's the one thing that she feels
1: she can't.
0: Yeah, and
1: yet I guess my point was that like, still, I think we've too often tried to outsource the things that are difficult and tried to insource the things that are easy. And I think sometimes like the physical is easy, but the emotional and relationship building is hard. So again, that's what we outsource. And me moms, I I think the point is or from what for my what I got is like. You have to put effort into the heart because that's what makes it work. You know what I mean? I, again, my big takeaway from this movie is, um, you know, people are starved for connection and loneliness. And I think with quarantine, they like we've seen that firsthand that people have felt very alone when they're not with themselves. And that's why we create like that's why Zoom stocks up because people need to hang out with other people in whatever respect it is, even if it's video. Is it is it the same? No, but like the there's no fake emotional connection if you feel an emotional connection you can't have it be simulated a connection is a connection whether it's through video chat whether it's through call whether it's through whatever it is that's real the feeling you feel is real and that's what's the most important and and we have to put in the work to make that happen yeah
0: all right um yeah uh i think that that was a pretty good discussion on that movie yeah Yeah. Great great movie i would give
1: it Two thumbs up, nine nine and a half out of ten. I loved it.
0: Yeah, I mean. Oh, I, and
1: sorry. What? One, one last thing. Here you go, and then I'll say one last yeah,
0: thing. Yeah, I'm the one thing that that kind of I was looking into this. Spike Jones has not. That is the only original screenplay that he's written and directed in his entire career. I kind of want him to do more. I mean, yeah, that was amazing. He also hasn't. I don't think he's done another movie since then. I think it's been seven years now. Has not directed another movie. Maybe this was just his his big project that he's wanting to he wanted to make since he started. Finally made it and now, yeah. But I, I'm I think he's working on another Jackass movie. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I feel like he's I feel like that he like he produces and he writes some of the the skits for for those and that's probably a good way to you know keep all the bills paid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: So uh, the one uh, thing I was going I don't see, know oh, if he
0: feels creatively fulfilled from those as much as Might he would not. from something like this.
1: But it's also, I mean, maybe he's... Again, I would I would definitely... Depending on what it is, I'd be interested to see what it was because I really did love this movie. Yeah. The last thing I was going to say is I think it's interesting. Again, I'm, I'm a big futurist. I'm trying to always think what the future looks like. And most of the things look like, from what I've seen, oh, there's, um, you know, Google Glass, and now Apple's talking about getting glasses so, like, you can... Or, or you know, you see Black Mirror, they have contact lenses and you can see screens in your eye and all that stuff. So I think most people think it's a very visual oriented world. And I think this world showed it's a much more auditory. And like as it is, we have these AIs you can talk to and some people say like forget search with tech like people Googling things that they're just gonna ask Siri or Alexa or whatever, things like that. And that's gonna be the future of search. And in this movie, he does look at his phone. Only very rarely. Most of the times he's talking to it. Read me this um, email and it reads it to him and then he says, delete, delete, delete. Again, it's very small, but I thought it was an interesting world that was different. Every other world I see is very visual where there's these big screens that pop up and this and like Minority Report were ads or holographic ads. This one was very little actual visual elements beyond what we actually have, which are like regular screens, but... You know, it was much more auditory based, which I thought was an interesting, different look, and I, I thought, well, it was, yeah, you know, what? maybe that is what it what was we're conversation
0: based, which was really how his relationship is built up with Samantha as well. It's through conversation, talking. For sure. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something there that conversation is is the real exchange of feelings and ideas. But um, I don't know. I'm just coming up with that now. Um. Yeah. You want to move on to um, what we've got for next week?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right, so next week uh, I'm choosing as the movie of the week a movie called Lady Bird, which I have not seen. Um, directed, I have not either. I'm, yeah, I'm pumped. I think it's on. Think it's on Crave. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Should be able to watch it there. Um, I've
1: Sir, Saoirse Ronan.
0: Saoirse Ronan and directed by Greta Gerwig, who. I've heard really good things about her as a director, but I actually haven't seen any of her movies yet. So I figured this was, um, this was one that got probably the most, um, hype, the most, uh, award season talk. And I, I just figured, well, it's probably a good place to, to go to try and introduce myself to, a a new, uh, filmmaker who, um, for sure. I, a lot of people are excited about. So thought that would be a, a good idea. Um, for next week, our debate is, um, which Oscars decision in terms of an award handed out was the biggest blunder or mistake that the Oscars have made? Um, and I, I'm, I, I've, I, when I originally came up with this, I was only trying to think about, okay, this this was the worst choice. There were so many better movies or that performance was not as good as any of those. But one that I, I'm just going to introduce a little tweak to consider, uh, uh, a mis-awarding that also led to mistakes down the line because they had to do a makeup Oscar for someone else down the yeah, line.
1: Yeah, like how Scorsese doesn't win and then they have to give Scorsese one later, something yeah. like
0: that. Or, yeah. Or, okay, Pacino already, doesn't win this, my so they have to win for that.
1: 50, so. 51 of the, 50 of the 52 awards that John Williams got were undeserving.
0: Nominations? He didn't <laughs> get kidding. that many awards. <laughs> I, know, I have no I'm clue kidding. how many he's won. It's probably still some like 12 17? or 17. Like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that guy. I feel like I feel like at this point, like they give him the nominations, but they don't give him the wins. Like with Meryl Streep, how she's got. Well,
1: yeah, probably. But I was also wondering why she, like... she's been
0: nominated eighteen times that she didn't win for, because she's got twenty-one noms and three wins. I feel like after her first two, there's like a gap of like nearly thirty years till she won her third. Where I feel like they're like, we we don't want to give it to you anymore, Meryl. We'll give you the nomination, but someone else. Let someone else win, and then eventually they're just like. It's been like 12 nominations since she's won last. Yeah, play, we should I'm also
1: wondering like if in the NFL for the Pro Bowl, like quarterback stats we have, like the more stats we have on someone, generally like the more you can compare, but the positions that we don't have a lot of stats, like offensive tackle, you generally just like get them nominated because of name recognition. I'm wondering if not for Meryl Streep, but like for some of these technical awards, like the nomi- like guys who get nominated get nominated a lot just because we know their name. Oh, John Williams. Well, he's got it. Yeah, of course. You I, know I what feel I mean? like with
0: with score less so. I feel like things like visual, Te- yeah, technical, of the, like maybe the sound editing or editing itself. I feel like editing itself is a is a, an, a really important technical category that I feel like doesn't isn't as well nominated and awarded. That's because uh, that's it's not good. as well understood. Yeah, even though I yeah. I do think editing is one of the one of the most important arts in. You know, what I feel like happens with a lot of editing awards is they 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 don't really think about as as much as the editing great or is like oh did i really like this movie and um yeah i guess i can't really put my finger on it so let's just say editing we'll give it to them sort of thing exactly yeah i agree so that's our show and tell for next week so um we'll each you know come up with one or two that we want to talk about and then we'll discuss those. Um, and then jam sesh for next week. I'm assigning you unknown pleasures. Do you want uh do you have an album for me or just back to the Spotify?
1: Just keep doing Spotify.
0: Okay. The one thing I'm gonna say is the Spotify playlist is like two and a half hours and the albums that I'm assigning you are like fifty minutes. I feel like at some point you gotta you gotta start giving me something that's uh that's an album. That way I can be like, Okay, we're we're kinda assigning equal homework here.
1: Maybe. But I also think you are like uh you consume media way more than me. I tr- I try to watch. I maybe watch like, twenty to thirty minutes of, t- like, uh, TV a day. That's it. Like really, I try to watch like one thing, and then like we do movie Mondays, so I only try to watch a movie on Monday. Um,
0: oh, that's, uh, yeah, that kind of. I mean, as much as I wouldn't, I wouldn't be it's, able a, it's to an watch alliteration, movie just once baby once week. I like the idea of movie Monday.
1: Yeah, or theater thir- Theater Thursday. We were gonna do, but obviously that's not. You know, we can't do that anymore because of uh, COVID. Or I guess Theater Tuesday because I'm cheap, and so I want the cheap Tuesdays. But anyway, (laughs) long story short, like, I just don't watch that much. I'm trying to, like, trying to get less media consumption or or a better media diet. So I'm trying to read more, which I am. I'm crushing my book. I'm, like, 177 pages into this uh, book, and uh, it's been, like, three days. So I feel good about that, trying to write more. But, uh, I mean, obviously I also want to – Right. if i if i if I'm assigned it, I feel like I have an excuse to to listen
0: or watch okay uh I'm letting you off the hook by assigning you stuff
1: yeah exactly okay well
0: um, I'm still thinking try and come up with something, because i'll I'll keep doing the spotify playlist, but um i at some point I'm just gonna start assigning you like ridiculously long albums just oh, to okay. like balance it out um, I don't know.
1: and did, did you have a word of the week? Secret uh, secret.
0: I did have a secret word. Do you have any guesses? I, I feel like I threw in two red herrings in one sentence. I do not. I do not. I, the two red herrings that were not my word were sumptuous and decadent when I was talking about um, in the mood for love. I thought those good red herrings, I thought I could trick you into picking one of those. Is one I didn't even...
1: I kind of zoned out during it because I hadn't seen it. And I was kind of like in the mood for love what's that movie and I kind of just like was trying to think and uh, I was like what did he say so I literally
0: didn't even hear them but yeah. what was the actual word pedantic when I was uh, speaking I feel like you about used that romance before. movies do stuff um, uh, how I feel like a lot of romance movies are pretty weak in the way they try and pr- portray this rather than showing real vulnerability and human emotion I just I th- I threw in pedantic I thought it was a good word did you have a word this week
1: I did do you know what it is <sighs>
0: No, I do not <laughs>
1: I threw it in in the most random way possible It's numismetous
0: <laughs> Oh yeah, when we talk about Scrabble
1: That's- Yeah, Scrabble's okay. a great way to s- slip in words I was like, what word? Oh, Scrabble, I can slip in any word now I could literally say whatever fucking word I was like <laughs> So wait, you didn't I- have the
0: word uh, You came up with the word halfway through? or Did you have it? No, like- no, no, I had it But I was like, Scrabble's a great way to slip it in <laughs> Wow also, that's a way. That's a perfect word. Just because that's, it's such and a. You, and you even said you'd never
1: write new Like, Like even called. I was like, oh shit, he knows.
0: He knows. Red
1: alert. No. <laughs> I, 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 know,
0: I was, It was too early. Like here's the thing, it's too early in the pod for me to remember it. Now at the end. I know, I but that's the thing. I would, so like, I didn't have my uh, my guard up then. To I had I it.
1: had an idea of how to slip it in, but it, I don't think it was gonna work. And but last week I like planned it out. I was like, okay, prophetic, like. It's about the future. We're going to talk about that. This is perfect. I can easily slip that. Or prescient, prescient. sorry. Yes. This one, I was like, have the word. Because I literally was like, fuck, what word? I looked at my words. I was like, I'll use that one. I'm like, how should I slip it in? And I was like, I guess I could do that. But I'm like, I'm going to get caught. And then we started talking about Scrabble. I was like, easy. Done. Cheat code.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You got away with that one. Oh,
1: yeah, I did. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well. So.
1: But I that's the first out. time we cool. both had one. Yeah. No, that's kind of a, that's a,
0: that's a tie. Yeah. That's good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're, uh, I'm glad that this is working out. I'm glad, 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 oh, glad, glad. What's it from? Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Um. Mm. Wonder so if she's glad. <laughs> I know, I know, I know the scene. I I'll give can't... you another line. I'm barf. I'm my own best friend. Oh, God, it's from uh, Spaceballs. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, it's, it is. I, I could think about it, and I, just, I was just like, I know this. I know this line so well. Why couldn't I? Uh, now I feel. I feel like I felt when we were both doing Secret Word that we had tied, and now I feel like I've lost. <laughs> Don't feel that way. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, sign-offs? Yeah. All right.
1: I like how we have to say sign-offs. Sign-offs? Sign-offs.
0: Sign-offs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Should we just we should have a whole episode of just sign offs. Like, have you do you ever listen to uh, the Ron Burgundy podcast?
0: No. The what there's a Ron Burgundy podcast. Oh my god.
1: So good. So good. Yes. Everyone should listen to the Ron Burgundy podcast. I've only listened to a bit of the second season, but the first season's great. And he has one where the whole thing is him just writing intro songs it's amazing it's like one of my favorite do, episodes do, do, and he the best part is he's like okay i got another one and then he literally just sings the song uh what the fuck what's the song i'm on the phone it's a typical tuesday night it's a taylor swift song and he literally just sings it and like you, you could have like, sung the that's... entire
0: song through and i wouldn't have recognized it okay
1: yeah you would i wear short shorts she wears <laughs> T-shirts, I'm Jew. Sure kept it. That one.
0: He's sitting on the blue. Anyway, like, di- oh, God, this if you like want to hear first Ron hits.
1: Burgundy sing Taylor Swift, it's great. It's great. It's great for so many other reasons. Like, he's got so much musical stylings, and that's one of my favorite episodes. It's very easy listening, but there's other great ones where he talks to. He talks to, um, fuck, what's the rapper's name? Uh Anyway, it's good.
0: It's good. 2 Chainz? I don't know. No, <laughs> that would be
1: great. No. That's, that's um, kind of
0: who I wanted it to be. <laughs>
1: no <laughs> it's great though you should listen to it maybe i'll sign that one week maybe they'll be instead of a, a pod I'll, I'll sign a podcast one time but not this time
0: <laughs> all right
1: okay sign offs sign offs <laughs> woo yeah uh this has been jo- this is josh lipton
0: and this is michael lipton
1: and you've been just t- what oh that- <laughs> this is
0: why i get us prepared for the sign offs <laughs> I know. By the
1: way, it was Dylan Francis.
0: Oh, he Dylan. Talks
1: to. He's not a rapper.
0: You're right. Sorry, I'm completely wrong. <laughs> let's let's undo that. Um, no, this is all staying it. You don't get okay. to avoid this. Wow.
1: This is yeah. This is because you're like I felt like I lost because I didn't get spaceballs. So I'm now I back need you to, on top. <laughs> You need to own the sign-off. Fuck up. Yeah. Okay. This is Josh Lipton.
0: And this is Michael Lipton.
1: And we've been just talking.
0: Just talking.
1: Thanks for listening and tune in next week.